There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone we have a and electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Wrestling is, no doubt, a dangerous sport. Despite being well choreographed, we can all agree that the men and women who excel in the sport take a beating. On June 22, 2007, a WWE star took the lives of his wife and child. And while we will never know his true motives, many believe it was the sport itself that was to blame for Chris Benoit's descent into darkness. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Chris Benoit, before the tragedies that left him stripped of his accolades, accomplished quite a bit during his 22-year wrestling career. He held 22 championships, was a two-time world champion, and one-time world heavyweight champion in the WCW and WWE, was the 12th to achieve both WWE and WCW Triple Crown Championships, was the 2004 Royal Rumble winner, and headlined multiple pay-per-view events for the WWE. He was considered by many to be one of the top 10 wrestlers of all time, and had a wide fan base to prove it. Chris had been married twice and had two children with his first wife, Martina. But by 1997, his marriage was breaking down and he was living with a woman named Nancy Sullivan, the wife of the WCW booker and frequent opponent, Kevin Sullivan. Chris and Nancy had their son, Daniel, on February 25th, 2000, and on November 23rd of that same year, the two were married. Both were hoping for a more successful marriage than their last, but just three years later, Nancy was filing divorce, citing that the marriage was irrevocably broken due to the cruel treatment she was suffering at the hands of her husband, though she would later drop the suit. According to Nancy, Chris would throw furniture around when he was angry and even filed for a restraining order. But by 2007, the pair were still living together and their marriage was still on the rocks. This brings us to June 23, 2007, when close friends of Chris's started getting strange texts and calls from the wrestler. He was supposed to be on a plane heading to his third WWE World Championship, but had missed his flight. He left a voicemail on Chavo Guerrero's phone, stating that he overslept, missed his flight, but would be in Texas for the house show. The voicemail was troubling to Chavo. His friends sounded groggy and out of sorts, so he tried calling him back with no answer. When Chris called him back, he said that he was on the phone with the airline trying to move his flight around, and that he sounded odd because Nancy and Daniel were both sick with food poisoning, and it had been a stressful day. On June 24th, five of Chris's friends and co-workers received a series of strange messages around 3.51 and 3.58 p.m. Four of them contained only the Benoit's address, while the fifth told that the dogs were in an enclosed pool area and that the side door of the garage was open. These messages, coupled with the strange calls and his failure to appear at the match, was enough to make friends and family concerned. On June 25th, the police entered the Benoit home in Fayetteville, Georgia, after someone called and requested a wellness check. When officers entered, they found the bodies of Nancy, her seven-year-old son Daniel, and Chris Benoit. With an investigation into the tragedy came a chilling story. From what they could figure, Chris, over the course of three days, bound and killed his wife, drugged his son with Xanax before strangling him, 
and then hanged himself on the lat pull-down machine in his workout room. Autopsy showed that Nancy, who likely died on the 22nd, died from asphyxiation, while Daniel on the 23rd and Chris on the 24th. Beside all three bodies, Chris placed a Bible. Immediately, family, friends, co-workers, and fans tried to find a reason for not just the murder, but the suicide as well. It was easy to cite the failing marriage, but many didn't think that that was enough. Toxicology on Chris Benoit's body showed he had Xanax and hydrocodone in his system, as well as an elevated level of testosterone caused by a synthetic form of the hormone. They determined that this may have been from Chris's years of steroid abuse or testicular insufficiency. So, though many speculated roid rage, it was determined that this was not a factor in the murder-suicide. It did, however, lead to a federal investigation into steroid abuse in professional wrestling, though no actions were taken against the company. Another speculation, one that does seem likely, was that Chris suffered from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a condition of brain damage resulting from the numerous concussions. This theory was spearheaded by former wrestler Christopher Nowinski and Chris's father, Mikhail, who suggested that the years of trauma that his son and every other professional wrestler suffered from led to his dramatic actions. Tests were conducted at West Virginia University, and it found that Chris's brain was so severely damaged that it more resembled that of an 85-year-old Alzheimer's patient than it did of a 40-year-old man. That he was in the advanced stages of dementia and had sunk into a deep depression. There is also the theory, created by fellow wrestler Chris Jericho, that Daniel was suffering from fragile X syndrome and had been given growth hormones by the couple that this illness was causing marital strife and the murder-suicide was the result. But there was no indication that Daniel suffered from this syndrome and the theory was dismissed. While there is a lot of doubt and confusion when it comes to motive, there is no doubt that this crime left a dark mark on professional wrestling. In the years following the murder-suicide, Chris Benoit has been effectively stricken from wrestling history. He was never mentioned publicly in regards to the sport again, and removed from all re-airing rotations, video games, and merchandise. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.